Our call to worship is from Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So I shall be saved from my enemies. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. And my cry to him reached his ears. We're going to join together in our opening hymn. It's a contemporary harvest hymn to an old tune. We plough and sow with tractors and bale the new mown hay. And if you're able and would like to, you're invited to stand as we sing. We're going to come now into God in prayer, and after I've led us in prayer, we will join in the Lord's Prayer. And as usual, you're invited, if you would like to, to pray that prayer in whichever version is most natural and in whatever language comes most naturally to you. 
If you're not sure of the words, there will be a version on the screen. And if your words are different from everybody else's words, that's fine. So let's pray together. Creator God, giver of life and provider of all our needs, on this day, we pause specifically to bring you our thanks and praise for the harvest. For crops grown or processed just a few miles from where we are gathered, and for those grown, packed and shipped to us from lands far away. For all of these, we are grateful. On this day, we remember those whose labour is spent in agriculture and in the food industry. For farmers and growers, for vets and for manufacturers. For those who pick strawberries, collect eggs or pack potatoes. For all of these, we are thankful. On this day, we also call to mind our failures and faults. The times when our desire for a bargain has blinded us to issues of justice. The times when we have failed to question the conditions in which our food was grown or produced, or the animals were kept. For these things, we are sorry. On this day... We recall those less fortunate than ourselves. People in faraway lands about which we know very little. And people in our own city whose circumstances are equally unknown to us. Please help us to understand a little more and to respond generously. On this day, when we will share the abundance of a Western harvest and give money to support some of the most vulnerable people on earth. We gather our prayers with theirs as we share in the words Jesus taught his friends, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses,
Sometimes I feel like throw my hands up in the air I know I can count on you In 1826, David Naismith, a Glaswegian with social and spiritual concern for his fellow citizens, opened the first city mission in Glasgow. His vision was for a pioneering method of Christian care that would respond to the physical, emotional and spiritual needs of the city's most vulnerable people. Naismith's vision inspired a global movement that continues to this day. Here in Glasgow we have two projects. The City Centre Project, where we support vulnerable people that often lead chaotic and very difficult lives. And in Govan, we have our Child and Family Centre that brings much needed support to families in this disadvantaged community. Glasgow City Mission has changed dramatically. As our activities have grown, we needed more space and better facilities. In 2009, in a story of God's great provision, and at no cost to the charity, we moved into our much-needed purpose-built centre in the heart of Glasgow. From this new centre, each day we work with the city's most underprivileged adults, showing Christian care and compassion. We offer prayer and share the life-transforming Christian message, and are now better placed than ever before to meet the needs of Glasgow's most vulnerable. We continue to address why these people are in poverty through a wide range of facilities, guiding people forwards as they rebuild positive lifestyles. We would work in a one-to-one -one way to support individuals, to help build back up their lives, build up their self-esteem, to give them a hope for today and a future for tomorrow. At Glasgow City Mission, we want to provide an environment where folks feel safe, they can develop trust. Now often, trusting themselves might be the last thing that they're able to do, but coming to Glasgow City Mission, they might be able to trust an individual that perhaps works here or volunteers here they may begin to develop a relationship with the Lord that they can begin to trust Him and also they can be able to trust themselves and in doing so, really begin to move on in their lives. Well, we came to Glasgow City Mission and I found out about an Alpha course and I started to come regularly and I went to the Alpha course and it changed my life round about. I found Christ through it and it really helped me. I think one of the great things about Alpha is people have come in in incredibly desperate and broken situations and they meet God. And meeting God, we see that they actually, their, their lives are completely transformed. Some of that takes a bit of time, some of that is, is instantaneous. Glasgow City Mission has, uh, has given me the confidence to kind of go on at times, and I've, I've just been feeling like giving up. We very much accept people where they're at, we very much meet them where they're at, and, and we serve them, which provides a bit of dignity and respect into their lives. 
The Child and Family Centre in Govan supports 60 children and their families from a community with one of the highest child poverty rates in Scotland. The centre provides a preschool nursery, parent and toddler groups, along with valuable parenting support and learning classes. We want to let children be children and have fun whilst learning and being nurtured. At the Child and Family Centre, I feel it's a great community base for, for the people around about Linthouse and government itself. Um, it gives the kids a really good, really good start in life. This is, I feel that the Child and Family Centre has been a great start for not only just my children, but for obviously other children in the community. But for myself, um, the children have really thrived coming here. Um, as a parent as well, it's, it's given me great opportunities now throughout the last few years. Um, I've went from being a, a parent helper to a volunteer and now I'm actually working in the nursery which is absolutely amazing for myself so I would encourage other parents to take part in what goes on in the Children Family Centre. We will continue the work David Naismith began and fight against poverty and injustice in Glasgow. The starting point of our work is treating every person as an individual. To see real change in their lives, we point them to Jesus. story that you may well know, although when I asked a couple of people earlier on this morning, they said they didn't know it. I believe it's a story that originates in the time of the American Civil War, but there are different versions of it told in different places. It's the story of stone soup. It certainly took place in a time of great struggle, when people were poor, resources very limited, and they hid away, guarding carefully what they had got. And one day, a stranger came into the village by night, all alone. He built a fire. He placed on it a cooking pot, filled it with water, and to it, he added a stone. And he waited. And around the village, the curtains twitched. What was this man doing in the middle of their village? Eventually, the water boiled, and he took a spoon, he dipped it in the water, and went, Mmm, that's very good stone soup. But it would be an awful lot nicer if I could just have an onion to add to my soup. And he waited. And then a door opened. And very cautiously, somebody came, carrying a precious onion. And they gave it to the man. Somewhere in this room is an onion, which I would love to add to the stone soup. 
Could you bring it? And we can add it to the soup, at least metaphorically. Right, we'll boil it up. Do you want to just come and see if it tastes what it tastes like? Gotta have a good imagination for this bit. Mmm, it's much better. See what you think. What do you think? All right? Fairly good stone soup, isn't it? But it would be even better if we could have a parsnip. Does anybody have a parsnip? Uh Uh-huh, yep, that's a parsnip. (laughs) What would you call it, Lena? A roppy. A roppy, okay. Well, we'll have a roppy then. Okay, so we'll put that in and we'll boil it up. Boil, 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 boil. Mm. Getting better. Would you like to taste it? Not bad, is it? A bit butter. No, no bad. Actually, because there's a Scottish better than me. Mm, I think it's quite nice, but I think... Well, I think Lena's actually led us in the right direction. What we could really do with it is a turnip. Or, if you're English, a sweet. Have we got a turnip? We can add to our stone soup because it's bad, but you know. Oh, Sheila's got a turnip. Fantastic. Do you want to pop it in the stone stone soup? Boil, 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 boil. Double, 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 double. Do you have a taste? What do you reckon? Need some garlic. You got an idea? No, <laughs> oh, no. I don't think I've got garlic out there. Oh, rats. But what I have got um, is some carrots. Lots and lots of carrots. So the people who had the carrots came and they brought them. And they added them to the soup. And little by little, more and more people tiptoed out of their houses, bringing what they had to add to the soup. Boil, 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 boil. And I think in in this version of the story, anyway, some people had some chilies in their houses or some paprikas in their houses. Um, Has anybody got a red chilli on their table? No, that's a carrot. (laughs) I think there should be two red chilies. You have to appreciate this is very good of me because I'm allergic to chilies. So, okay, we'll just boil it up with the chilies in because we haven't got garlic, but the um, the chilies will hopefully give it a bit of. Have a taste, Graham. See what you think. Coming on. Coming on. It's better than stuff like (laughs) me. But what it now leaves, just to finish it off, is some salt and pepper. Does anybody have any salt or pepper that they could just come and add to the soup? Fantastic. Boil, 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 boil. See what you think, Andrew. <laughs> Perfect. And so, as everybody... Oh, what have we got? A potato. Oh, thank you. I forgot all about the potato. Quick. It will be even more perfect with a potato. Thank you. That's great. Boil, 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 boil. So everybody brought what little they had. And when the soup was ready, everybody shared a good meal together. I think he probably boiled it a few times before and wrapped it in a nice clean cloth. Uh, You wouldn't want to eat this stone because I had to get it out of the garden outside. (laughs) Good point. Operation Agri gives help for health and harvest through Christian partners in many countries. In Nicaragua, 
Amos brings healthcare to villages. In Nicaragua, the most vulnerable people suffer more death and disease simply because they are poor and they have difficulty accessing healthcare. In rural communities, women and children still die of common health conditions and diseases that we can prevent and that we can treat. That's why we established Amos Health and Hope, with the goal of serving alongside rural communities so that they can help improve their own health. Amos Health and Hope stands for a ministry of sharing health and hope, and the name is also inspired by the prophet Amos in the Old Testament of the Bible. Amos was a farmer who spoke out against the injustices of his time. His message about justice flowing everywhere is still relevant today. <laughs> que Dios los ha regalado. Hemos logrado por medio de la organización comunitaria para poder alcanzar esto. Nosotros, Comité, Promotor, Amor, que es un organismo que mira por las dificultades de toda la comunidad. We have been able to make a real difference by working alongside people and communities across Nicaragua. Pregnant moms have less chance of dying during childbirth because of frequent home visits and planning. Children are healthier because parents are being educated about proper hygiene and nutrition. And children aren't dying from preventable or treatable illnesses like pneumonia and diarrhea anymore because they are being diagnosed and treated quickly. What is the Amos model? It's how we live out our faith. And this is hard work. It can be messy at times, and it's for the long haul. But it's so worth it. Because God loves us, He wants us to share our love, and He wants us to find out ways so that we can work together so that there can be justice. In Uganda, Oasis workers started the Beersheba project with a local church, helping children in Mumbale who are failing and dropping out of school. The centre started catch-up classes, teaching the basics in maths and writing, plus Bible stories and giving children confidence to return to school. They also learn about hygiene and ways to keep clean and healthy. A football club in the grounds brings in the local lads and the teachers talk with them about health and social concerns. Operation Agri is supporting community workers who visit local families, many of whom are very poor. Some also care for children of relatives who died of AIDS infections. Women are encouraged to form savings clubs that help them invest in work opportunities. So that, that helps us to improve in our economic life. That's why you see they have improved because of this saving and also getting knowledge. As the time you go to Basheba, they train us. So where we have gone astray, we improve. We get new skills, we get new knowledge and how to care for our families. Yeah. And I thank so much Basheba for all. Some women use a loan to rent a field and grow crops. Others get a market store and sell fruit and vegetables. They are very thankful that they can support the family and afford school fees for their children. In Nepal, a Baptist community development team has helped mountain villages with taps for drinking water and hygienic pit latrine toilets. But now this team is working in a lowland area in the south. The first priority 
is to ask what help the people most need. They also meet local officials to get their approval. They form women's groups to talk about health, hygiene and nutrition. The people complained that nothing grows in the dry season and if rains come late, they can't plant enough rice. So the team brought in this electric deep bore water pump. A pump house was built, a borehole dug and the pump installed. We have water in abundance. There's great excitement and several villages asked for pumps. Each has a local group to run it. A channel takes the water to the thirsty fields. Fields of mustard now grow in the dry season. There's plenty of water for rice paddies and a healthy crop grows. Thanks to the Nepal Baptist team and to Operation Agri Support, they now have a magnificent harvest. Anybody else um, like me vaguely remembers a, a TV programme, children's TV programme called Screen Test back in the 1970s and 80s. But there was always an observation round in there where um, the youngsters who took part in this programme would be asked questions about what they'd just seen um, in, a, in a film clip. And Operation Agri have given us a quiz based on, on that clip. So if you're having a nice snooze <laughs> during the last five minutes, well, you can catch up now. Okay. Uh, which three countries featured in the video and which three continents are they part of? Yes, Sam. Oh, I, I can't hear. I'm going to have to come over. Sorry. Which ones did you say? Nepal. Nepal, yeah. Nepal, which is in Asia, yeah. Anybody think of another country that we just heard about or saw about? <coughs> It's going to be hard work this morning. Nicaragua. Nicaragua, thank you, Anita. You have not had enough stone soup, have you? Not with it. And the third one? Nicaragua's in South America, yeah. And the third one was? Uganda, which is in Africa. Well done. They get harder. What does AMOS stand for? Sorry, the prophet, yep. The prophet AMOS. Mission of sharing, well, ministry of sharing, yeah, whatever, yeah, well done, Holly, yeah. Yeah, I told you they'd get harder. Okay, next one. What are the names of the doctors who lead the AMOS project? This is getting really hard. Oh, my goodness me, well done. David and Laura Parajon, you can tell he's a world-renowned doctor, can't you? No, boy knows every doctor on every continent, doesn't he? Thank you, Jeff, well done. And what training are people given by that project? They're given basic health care um, training so they can go out and, and help other people. Okay, can anybody remember the name of the centre in Uganda? Beersheba. Beersheba. Oh, that, that one's resonating. Well done. Yeah. And how were the children helped at that centre? A lot of children go to Beersheba Centre in Africa. How were they helped? Catch up. Catch up, yeah. Education, sport. What are the women's groups for? <coughs> Savings, yeah. <coughs> Making loans, yeah. And how are the women helped by the loans? What can they do with that money? Sorry? 
Higher, yep, hire a field, they can invest it in different projects, can't they? It will help them make money. So they can hire a field or um, hire a market stall, maybe buy some chickens or something. Um, yep. Why did the people in Nepal need a pump? Close to the water. Is that what you were going to say, boys? To like to get different crops. Yeah, that's it. So they could grow crops. Yep. So they, yeah, they needed water to take down to the fields. Thank you, Wendy and, and Carl. Yep, to irrigate the fields. And what crops can they grow now in their fields? What do you think? Yep, some. Rice. Rice, yep. Freya. Mustard. Mustard, we'll remember. Anything else? Yep, mustard, rice, and other things. Well done, that's really good, well remembered. I think you were all paying really good attention, so thank you for that. Right, we're going to sing another song now. I'm not quite sure why the thing's shifted itself over to that side. Hopefully the words will appear. Um, the words are on the sheet if they run off the edge of the screen anyway. When I needed a neighbour, were you there? Thanks, Paul. to continue to explore some of the ideas around harvest in different ways. If you want to stay and listen to a Bible reading and a reflection on it, then just stay where you are um, and I will do that with us. If you would like to try some food from Uganda, from Nicaragua and from Nepal, then when the music plays, make your way into the memorial room and there are some samples of four dishes. Um, they are cold because I have no means of heating them, um, but you can get a sense of the flavour, and if you want the recipes, they're there to copy as well. Um, if you go to that room and there's some left over at the end, 
maybe you can bring it back when we all come back together and everybody else can have a, like half a teaspoonful each. Um, if you would like to do some colouring or puzzles, we have all sorts of those over in the snug area there. And if you would like to learn more about any of the projects or any of the countries, just to, some quiet time to do that, then up on the mezzanine we have got um, some resources there for you to have a look at. We don't have a craft activity today, I'm afraid. Um, but we're going to have some Nicaraguan folk music as we move around. Thank you. First reading this morning is from Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 to 10. Exodus 3, starting at verse 7. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And then from Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right hand, and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for, me, for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, 
Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Bible readings that for me are always going to be significant because of associations they have or because they always make me think. And that parable from Matthew 25 definitely comes into that category. I can recall the first time that I consciously heard or read it, I couldn't tell you which it was, that I found it decidedly scary. Not everybody who claims to be a follower of Jesus, actually is. Whatever we may think about judgment and heaven and hell is less important in some senses than what this parable has to say to us in the here and now. There is something in that parable about faith and actions being held together that has always been important for me for as long as I've known it. And that's why it's one of two readings that I chose for my ordination service back in 2003. I had it set alongside the Great Commission because they seemed to me to be two really important passages. But it's also one of those readings that just has a habit of recurring in my life from time to time, sometimes in very close succession. And it's done so recently. It's the reading that Operation Agri invites us to reflect upon. But it's also a reading that was used twice for the morning devotions at the last Board of Ministry. Some of you will know that, um, along with others, I sit on the the Board of Ministry, which is a two-day residential selection thing for people who are thinking about being ministers. So the first person who was leading it on the first day began with this painting, with which you may be familiar Our Last Supper, uh, a painting that was painted in the Olive Tree Cafe at St. George's Tron Church of Scotland in the middle of Glasgow. And it was the the artist in residence, Ian Campbell, who did it. 
And he worked actually in the cafe and people would come in and look at the painting and comment on it. They would look at this painting and say, well, which one's Jesus? And he would just say, well, which one do you think is Jesus? And I think it's a good question. Who is Jesus in that picture? But also, who is Judas or Thomas or Peter or anybody else? I think that's part of the wonder of this painting, is actually we don't know that any one of these men might be Jesus. That to look into the face of every one of those men is, in some senses, to see God. Because we so often say, don't we, that everybody, every single human being is made in the image and likeness of God. All of the men in this painting are people who are customers or whatever word they might like to use of Glasgow City Mission. These are some of the men who attend workshops and meals and counselling who are helped to make sense of their lives and to discover that God loves them. In the context of the Board of Ministry, we were invited to take this truth that each of these men could be Jesus, that in each of them we glimpse something of Jesus, and to hold that in mind as we met and interviewed the candidates. Whatever you do, Whatever you do not do, for these brothers and sisters of mine, you do or you fail to do for me. So one thing we can do with that reading is to try to glimpse in every person we meet, Jesus. To react to every person we meet as we would were we knowingly to meet Jesus. The second day, somebody else was doing the morning devotions and they said, well, you know, I very nearly changed it because I was going to use this parable and you did it so well the day before. I didn't think I could add to anything, but actually I didn't have time to write anything new, so here you go. Neither of these people was me, by the way. This minister um, had been in one of those little post offices that doubles as a general store and they were in a long queue to pay for whatever it was that they had wanted to buy. And I can't recall the story exactly, but it goes something like this. At the front of the queue was an elderly person who had a selection of groceries that included a bag of frozen chips. And the frozen chips are the crux of the story. So the person, the elderly person walked up to the till and they were scanned into the till and the price was announced. And then they went into their pocket or their bag and they got out their purse and they started to count out the money. And it was taking a long time. And people were getting fidgety in the queue. Maybe they even sighed. Eventually, the person finished counting out their money, realised they hadn't got enough money to pay for everything and started to decide what had to go back. 
Well, you can imagine, the people in the queue were getting more restless, including the minister who told the story. Maybe some of them tutted. Maybe some of them sighed. Eventually, the person at the front decided that the thing they would have to do is leave behind the frozen chips. They could have everything else, but they couldn't afford the chips. And at that moment, a young man stepped out of the queue, walked up to the till, and handed over the difference in price, gave the chips to the person. Whatever you do, whatever you don't do, these brothers and sisters of mine, you do or you don't do for me. Have we ever found ourselves in a situation like that? How have we reacted? Would we pay the difference in the bill? Or would we huff and puff that we were in a hurry and we really needed to be on our way to church or a prayer meeting or something very holy or worthy? It's really easy for me as a minister and for any of us who are long-term followers of Jesus to know what it is that we should do. But it's not always so easy to live it out, is it? We do get tired and frustrated. We get disappointed. Somebody takes us for a ride with a sob story or we're misunderstood or we misunderstand. It's relatively easy on a Sunday to listen to a sermon and comparatively easy to prepare one for that matter. It's not so easy once we go out of those doors back into the everyday to put it all into practice. I know that because on a typical week, if I go out from here in the middle of the day, I will pass at least three big issue sellers and four or five people who are begging, and sometimes at least one of them will be be lifted by the police. And more often than not, there will be two or three chuggers loitering near the Pelican Crossing or the subway station just to get me to sign up two pounds a month to yet another worthy cause. It isn't easy, is it? How do you choose? How do you see those people as if they were Jesus? It isn't easy when the doorbell rings at church, as it does from time to time, and there stands somebody who has a story to tell me that could be true, but could equally be a work of fiction. And I have to decide in that moment how I will respond. And it's not easy to be sworn at or insulted when I don't give them the answer they want. And it's even harder when such verbal abuse is directed to somebody in their 90s who has devoted their life to helping other people, which I have also seen. It isn't easy to decide who we help or how best to do that helping when we know that our resources are limited. It isn't easy. It can seem overwhelming but we're not given a get-out clause. 
The tiny extract we had from the call of Moses is a reminder that when those who are the most vulnerable or powerless cry out for help, if no one else hears them, God does. This God who is trustworthy and does hear usually chooses to respond through people and people like us with limited abilities and resources. Operation Agri suggests in their notes that we find ourselves cast in the role of Moses. It is us who are called to act to bring freedom from hunger or poverty or loneliness or injustice or whatever it might be. Very rarely does God speak through signs and wonders. More often, God speaks through the prompting of hearts and minds of those who have ears to hear and eyes to see what's going on around them. When we listen to the news on the radio, or read it in a newspaper or online, or watch it on the television, I think we have a choice. We can listen, read or hear intentionally or unintentionally. We can do so to criticise, to tut in disgust or to switch off in despair or we can do so in order to allow it to be God speaking to us through the medium of the news. Perhaps we can hear the cry of the refugee or the child soldier or the person whose home was destroyed by a hurricane. And perhaps in each of them, we catch a glimpse of Christ. And then perhaps, if not for all, at least for some, we are able to reach out in some way. In prayer, in action, in giving. Of course, not all of us have the gifts or skills to work with people whose lives are affected by the consequences of addiction, long-term unemployment or homelessness. I couldn't do the work that the people at Glasgow City Mission do. But I thank God that they can. And of course, not everybody who has gifts in education or medicine, commerce, finance or law is called to overseas mission to share those skills in other places. But I thank God that some are. But whoever we are, and wherever we are, if we heed the words of Jesus, every single one of us must do something. Whatever you did for the least of these members of my household, you did for me. Five pounds would pay for one person to have a hot meal at Glasgow City Mission. Five pounds would also pay for enough seedling fruit trees for 20 women in Uganda. The cost of your lunch today can make a difference to some of the poorest and most disadvantaged people in this city, in Uganda, in Nicaragua, or in Nepal. Put bluntly, for a fiver, you could feed Jesus. 
Now, I don't know anybody's personal circumstances, and I don't want anybody to feel pressurised. But I'd like you just to take a moment to think how much this week you'll spend in Starbucks or Costa or wherever you buy your coffee. How much you'll spend on snacks and sweets, magazines, treats, something you don't need but you just fancy. Because I have a suspicion, if you're anything like me, it'll be a lot more than a fiver. And so I ask myself and I ask you, are we willing to just give up a little bit of that for one week to help somebody who may reasonably be counted among the least of these brothers and sisters of Christ? Jesus says, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was naked, I was sick, I was in prison, I was a stranger. I was a mother in Nicaragua, I was a farmer in Nepal, I was a child in Uganda, I was a child in Govan, I was a homeless person in Glasgow city centre. What did you do for me? The love of God comes close where stands an open door to let the stranger in, to mingle rich and poor. The love of God is here to stay, embracing those who walk his way.
We come now with our prayers of intercession, which are based on material provided by Operation Agri. Almighty God, faithful and eternal, we come before you seeking safety and security for ourselves and for others. You never let down your people, and so we are able to approach you with confidence. We bring to you our prayers today for those who are in deep distress, those on the margins of society, both at home and abroad, living in poverty, sickness or infirmity, experiencing rejection or oppression. Let our cries come alongside theirs in prayer and let our concerns be translated into action as we play our part in bringing in your kingdom. Loving God, we pray for the people who are supported by Operation Agri in Nicaragua, Nepal and Uganda, that they will come to know their true worth and fulfil their potential. We pray for the people supported by Glasgow City Mission, both vulnerable adults and children and families, that they too will discover their true worth and find opportunities to grow and flourish. We pray for those employed by Operation Agri and Glasgow City Mission, that they would grow in wisdom and grace, discernment and compassion, engaging in holistic mission that expresses the gospel in all its fullness. As news of the devastation wrought by Hurricane Matthew reaches us, we may feel powerless to respond to a natural disaster on this scale. We pray for those working hard to bring immediate aid and relief to those who have lost homes or loved ones. In a week when the words and actions of some of those elected to govern our nations and to represent us within the wider context of the European Union, have left us shocked and dismayed. We pray for wisdom in formulating our own responses. Help us not to do nothing because we didn't know what to do. Rather, give us the courage to do something, however small, to respond with gospel values. Finally, we pray for ourselves in our own endeavours to live out the values we profess, that you would give us the courage needed to risk ridicule or rejection, the determination to keep on when disappointment threatens to overwhelm us, and above all, your love which sustains us. We make these prayers in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Let's pray. Every good gift and every blessing, all things come from you, Lord our God. And so we offer these, our general offerings, for the work of this church, asking that you will help us to spend them wisely, to fulfil all that we desire to be in recognising Jesus in others here and overseas. Amen. We're going to sing our closing hymn in a minute, uh, which is a bit of fun. Um, I always say nowadays, this is when um, Strictly does harvest, because this is the harvest samba. So if anybody feels like a quick samba up the front, feel free and we'll give you a 10 at the end of it. Uh, After we have sung that song, I will say grace. And then I'm going to ask Margaret to come after I've said grace and explain to you how the serving is going to work because we will be moving straight into lunch. Um, So please do stay if you possibly can. Feel free to move chairs and tables around a little bit so that you're comfortably around tables to eat. Um, It should be a great time of continuing to worship and share fellowship. And there is um, a very unattractive plastic bowl on the the counter, um, which is where you can put your offerings towards Operation Agri and Glasgow City Mission before you leave. Um, That money will be counted and simply divided in half between the two charities this year. So, over to you, Maestro. Oh,